Just do like and a brief intermission, whackety whack, 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 or whack, and now back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Wax Show. I'm your host, DJ. I'm Matt, and I'm Dan. And we're uh, we're talking about being adults because that's fun. You agree? Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, some fun stuff. I've I've have a high interest, and in, maybe it's just during my age that investing <laughs> in things I wish I would have known when well, I was younger. I'll tell you what. There's few things more exciting than making money out of nothing it's uh I should check my stock it's fun yeah i'm pulling it up right now too while we're talking um what, what do you guys uh, it's, the stock it's the app that i use i was gonna i was gonna give them a little bit of publicity uh while talking about it but did you tj did you maybe want to give a little bit more of an explanation into like what got you interested in it or you know why we're choosing I mean, to talk about that at the start here um, I've always been interested because I have like a general like understanding of how it works, just not how it works, if that makes sense. It's fair. So I feel like that's um, the case for a lot of people our age is like, oh, yeah, the stock market, it's you buy the stuff and the money happens. And how does <laughs> and, I, and I know and I know you got to you have to pay attention because if you need to buy out at the right time and. See, and, and there's the, there's and, the perfect lead into my first point, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. There are a lot of really advanced things with stocks, such as, you know, and I I don't know the specific terminology. Just as a reminder, the name of this show is We Aren't Qualified. Don't make your financial decisions based on what you heard here. <laughs> but if you're like a college student that's kind of like, how do stocks work? This is like the perfect... Stop being scared of it. This is the simple explanation. Okay. That's the goal of this. Not to make you a million dollars. Um, oh, wait. You're not going to make me money? I'm All right. I'm going to go. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of, of really advanced stuff. So like uh, shorting a stock, um, you know, cutting losses, stuff like that. The whole thing that happened with GameStop. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on hedge funds and shit. So there's a lot of complicated, nuanced stuff that's really interesting and, you know, proven in the financial sector. And it's it's skills and functions that work. And if you can identify them, they're really helpful. If you are not investing at least ten thousand dollars, shut the fuck up. You don't need to know any of that to get started. Okay. (laughs) which TJ, I'm sure you're excited for. (laughs) Yeah, because, okay, shorting stocks, um, setting buy limits and and buy targets and stuff like that, all of that stuff, like you need software that helps you do that. You need a broker, a portfolio manager, all this other stuff. What I'm talking about is you're on the bus heading to class or, you know, you're you're using the bathroom at work and it's going a little bit long because your boss makes a buck and you make a dime kind of deal and you want to pull up something you want to see can i make a quick buck selling a stock or do i have some stuff in my portfolio to buy some stocks this is like stuff you can do throughout your day with an app and it makes you a little bit of money here and there and then as you grow that seed money maybe you'll start seeing some real return you know what i mean and there's a couple key principles that i always preach um to help people overcome the the insecurity and the worry of it. Cause let's be real, you're playing with money. Like that's not that's not a simple thing. That's not something you can do willy-nilly. So it is a little scary. Um, but there's a couple of very simple things that you can do to kind of help subvert those worries. And for those who are questioning if I know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm, I've got my my app that I do my layman investing in, um, and my current personal portfolio has seen a $1,370.24 change, which is roughly a 47.36% change on, on investment. Uh, 
So it's not anything crazy, but I mean, what that's saying is I've earned over $1,000 from playing with stocks and investing. Which I think, as someone who this isn't my main source of income, sure, I've been doing it for a while, but I'm also going to tell you I started with $100 in this account. And I've put a little bit more in over time, but, you know, to be completely honest, I've really turned $3,000 into $4,370, which sounds fucking great, right? And you're going up, so that that's always a plus. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm not always going up, but I am going up. You're correct. Oh, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so just I just wanted to give that nice, chonky preamble so that people don't come back at us and say, I followed your advice and lost all my money. That's, I'm not telling you to put all your money Do in. Do not put all of your money yeah, that's the, in fucking stock. That's the first thing I'm going to tell you. But you should put all your money into the wax show. Um, <laughs> and I, I've given this advice to Matt on the show. I've given this advice to other people who have started and tried it out and had some positive experiences. Um, but for for full transparency, the show, again, not sponsored by anything or anyone. This is a completely merit-based shout-out. I have been using the Stash app for on and off for like five or six years. I started in college with a hundred bucks. It's a nice, very simple app. It has a lot of things that will explain to you the specific thing you're looking at. If you want, they've got articles to help you learn more. They, they are very responsible because they push what's called an ETF, which is like a bundle of pieces of different companies. And I'll get into that later. Um, they push that over individual company stocks, which has its ups and downs, but it's the safer choice. Um, you can tailor your portfolio suggestions, which a portfolio, by the way, is just a fancy way of saying, hey, this is my list of stuff that I have money in. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just gotcha. a fancy word for a list. Um, but yeah, it, and it's, it's very transparent. It's very easy to see breakdowns. Uh, it even tells you like, hey, based on most professional and popular advice it looks like your portfolio is more or less balanced and this is how you can balance it more so we'll talk about what a balanced portfolio is and why that shouldn't really fucking matter to you for a while um but yeah i recommend stash uh plus it has a refer friend bonus i'm not gonna put a link here i don't want random referrals but it's an easy way to get a couple extra bucks to invest stuff like that and uh it's free they have like paid account options where you can do uh, a bank account through them and some other options. There is a free option. You've got to do a little hunting for it in the, in the app, but you do not need to pay anything for it. Don't get confused. There is a free option. I got confused. I, I'm paying. It's like a dollar a month. Oh, sorry. That's fair. It's not technically free. There is there is a, an account maintenance fee of a dollar a month. but Oh, okay. But like there, there's like a $25 a month account where you get two savings accounts for children and this other thing and their credit check services. And all. No. Yeah. It's like an, it's like a buck a month, which if you invest properly, uh, it'll, it'll come out of your portfolio cash, which you can earn a buck in dividends actually pretty quickly a month mm-hmm. or a quarter or something like that. Either way, if you don't have a buck a month to spare to make money out of money, then it's not for you. That's fine. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll get a little bit into the basic principle. And the first thing I always tell everybody is your approach to stocks should be relatively similar to the approach to gambling that I'm about to explain. This is, this is what I do when I walk into a casino and plan to gamble. Hard agree which is the exact same essential principle I did walking into investing. I choose an amount of money that I'm going to walk into that establishment or walk into investing with, and I don't pull more out. That money, when that money is gone, I am done until I feel I'm in a position to add more. Okay. Yeah. So that means if you walk in with a hundred bucks, make a couple bad investments and end up with like five bucks, you're still only investing with that five bucks. You're not going to go in and say, oh shit, I lost that money. Let me go put in some more. Don't that's, that's how you ruin yourself. 
you put a certain amount of money in your investing account, which in this case would be the Stash app, and that is your money to play with, and you need to grow that money to invest more. Now, if after a few months or after a year you find out, hey, I got a new job, I'm doing really well, I'm covering my bills and I still have enough extra, let's put another 500 in there to get playing more. That's fine. But you need to have a decision-making process. Don't just start funneling money in to try and make up for losses. That's how you get into dangerous places. If you, yeah. if you only use the money you put into the investing account, you can't wind up not being able to pay your rent. Because you're not touching your bank account money anymore. To put it a little more bluntly, in gambling and stocks, do not use more money than you're willing to lose. Just assume you're losing all of that money. Yeah. And if that's not an okay amount of money to lose, you're not doing it right. Yeah, that's exactly the case. And for reference, I have uh, an auto transfer, so it puts five bucks a month in my stash account. That's enough to know that I've got the monthly fee covered and then a few bucks to stock up. Um, <laughs> stock up. <laughs> but that's that's the number one principle, because when you're doing this shit, you, you don't want to ruin any other plans. This should be a side source of income unless, again, you're investing a very large amount of money. And we'll get into why that is. So the basic principles of investing is trend prediction. That's all you're really trying to do at the core of everything. So what I mean by that, and almost every single app, platform, whatever you want to call it, that's going to let you look at stocks. Hell, I think it even shows up on Google if you search a ticker number, which you don't need to know to use this app, by the way, uh, is presented as a line graph. So uh, recent... Just to remind you all that I am still a child. Uh, recent IPO that came out on Stash. IPO basically means, hey, they just went public. So the price of their stock is kind of unknown. It's generally cheap to get in on the ground floor. And stocks over time trend upward. It's kind of like inflation. Um, I feel like a little more layman's term for IPO's company. Yeah, so an IPO is referring to the stock just became live, but that really means a company has chosen to sell stock publicly. Um, it, quick, quick tangent, which isn't really a tangent. Just in case you don't know what stocks are at all, you are basically buying and trading investment in companies. Yeah, which is literally a piece of the company. Yeah. So you're you're buying a small sliver of the company. A sh- so when somebody says they own fifty percent of whatever company, that's they own fifty percent of that company's stocks. Yeah, and probably a place on the board and shit like that. Yeah, I believe it might have changed, but if you own like a certain percentage of the total shares, which is also another word for stocks in this case, uh, of a company, then you're considered like the owner of the company or something like that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so a recently publicly traded stock that came online, which some folks might be familiar with, is Roblox Corporation. Gotta play that Roblox, y'all. And if you pull it up, uh, the ticker, if you want to look at it while we're talking about it, is RBLX. I believe if you just Google that, you'll get it to come up. Ticker numbers were three letters. I mean, with the number of companies globally. Fair. Pretty sure they'll need to. When did to. they add the fourth letter? Oh, wow. That's cool. Google even has a fucking predictive analysis of of their... Uh... Oh, no. This is to today's close. Um, but anyway, if you go on Google and you type in a ticker number, chances are you're going to get a line graph that's going to show you over time. Like, this is showing over the day, which is far too small for someone... Again, if you're not doing this full time, you don't care about the day. You're not going to buy and sell in the same day. Because for reference, let's do this very simply. One share. One share of Roblox. Let's say you bought it for 75 bucks. In a day, let's take today, for example, the day we're recording it. You bought it for $75 flat. Its high today was $75.99 and its low was $73.48. 
So realistically, if you bought it at 75, or even if you bought it at the midpoint of both those values, you're looking at making a buck a share. It's not a lot of money. You're probably not going to sell it in the course of a day. So you don't really need to worry about the day. Honestly, I usually look at the... the What is it on this? I usually look at the year progression. Um, the year line graph. Which on Google, you've got year to date, one year. In the app that I've been discussing, they've got a week, a month, a year, and five years. Sometimes I'll look at the month, but a lot of times the year is perfectly fine. And basically what you're doing when you're deciding to buy a stock is you're looking at the history of the stock's price, which is the y-axis of the line graph, over time, which is the x-axis of the line graph. And you're basically trying to make a call of, based on its historic performance, where it is now, and a couple other external factors that we'll get involved in. Do I think this is going to... If I buy right now, do I think the value of the stock is going to go up? So do I think the line is going to go up from the point it's at now moving forward? If that makes sense. This is the... Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. For context, I've kind of talked this with Matt already, and he's picked it up pretty quickly. And you know, every once in a while, plays with it. TJ has not heard this spiel from me, so he's a good litmus test of is what I'm saying making sense. Also, to uh, I'm also taking oh, notes. Cool. <laughs> to uh, put it all in the context, Dan, who has been playing the stocks for years, has cumulatively made like a thousand bucks. Matt, who does puts much, much, much less time and effort into this, uh, is down $90. So don't play with money you're not willing to lose, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. It can go both ways. You, you, There's a learning curve. You're going to lose some money at first. So I guess I guess my question is, how do you lose? How do you lose money? The stocks go okay. down in price. Mm, there's more to it than that. And I... Because if they go if they go back up, then you start gaining. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, yeah. But if your mentality is I'm not selling this stock until the price is up, well, arguably you've lost that money if the price never goes up. So yeah, yeah. The, I love that that just came up because there are a couple factors in that. So the way you lose money, like you said, TJ, and why the stock market is not legally considered gambling. You only lose money if you make the choice to sell the stock at a loss. Whereas in gambling, you lose money if luck fucks you. Yeah. Now, I'm right there with you, Matt. I can feel it through the microphone. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. I don't have a choice in the way a stock line moves. Well, no, actually, my, my two thoughts were, I suppose, I suppose the way stocks move isn't luck. So, yeah, it's not gambling. But then my other my other thought was, now nah, fuck you. As soon as that stock goes down in price, I have lost money. Yeah. If I sell, like my my idea of the stock market is this is my money and it is changing. It's like it's like buying a gold bar. If I buy a gold bar at a thousand dollars a gold bar, however small of a gold bar that would be, and the price of gold goes down tomorrow, my money has gone down. Really I small. I am worth no, less. Your money didn't go down. The value of the property you now own has reduced. See, this is some fucking yeah. <laughs> semantics bullshit. So, exactly so what I was trying to talk against. Like, oh, you don't lose money until you sell. No. Nah, fuck you. I'm I'm with Matt. My total you holdings look at it are down. Yeah, I'm with Matt. You should look at it at money. Yeah. It's a far more responsible way to look at it, for sure. I'll say, I'll say, I do have a uh, a better understanding than none because of the company I worked for because we. We're watching silver palladium so you've kind of seen stocks so dealing with then. all that so is, is that because those are all yeah i just didn't think of, of it camera manufacturing stocks. and therefore they changed the price of cameras no oh. well i mean no no i mean i worked with gold silver and oh you're talking about a well, former company rare, yeah I, shoot, I shot with rare coins okay so we had to know that i just never thought of it as stocks yeah but yep. it's all stonks. But I guess that to, would make sense. to Matt's same point thing. and TJ's point, the value of a precious metal functions essentially the same as a stock. And the 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 currency exchange rate functions similarly to a stock. That's how I mean that's how people make money off of exchanging currency is you can convert US mm -hmm. dollars into more than one 
unit per dollar of this other currency. And then if that value ever changes the other way, you have more of this other currency than you did in U.S. dollars, which you can now sell back for more U.S. dollars. Just a possible way to, to mind fuck you, viewer or listener. Arguably, everything is a stock. You just don't plan to sell most of your stocks. Those books you bought that you're never going to sell, stocks. Yeah. If the price of that book goes up, you're making money off of a previous investment. Your car, your house, stocks. That candy bar that you're going to eat, not a stock. You ate it. It's consumable. But yeah, lots of things are stocks. The reason it's called a stock is because by putting money into it, you now have stock in the quality and value of that thing. This yeah. thing in this case happens to be Roblox. But sorry, go ahead, TJ. I was gonna say I feel like Brittany's gonna be really great at this stuff. That's awesome. Um, but to your point, TJ, of how do you lose money, you make the choice to sell at a price point lower than what you bought at. Plain and simple. Now, like we said, do you have control over Which I often do. Do you have control over what that price point is when it happens? No, you don't. But you could always diamond hands and say, this is a long-term stock. I'm going to wait for it to turn around. Which Talking is, diamond hands. Which is what, what I'm more <laughs> or less doing with about half my portfolio, which at lower values of investment, uh, that's more than I want to be doing with. Admittedly, I have not had great returns on a few things. But like Sony's up, which is good. That was a fairly recent investment. Tesla's up. That was a good call. Um, I have an square space is fucking us. tanking. Anyway, go ahead. Yep, that's not surprising. Uh, don't tell me that now. Sad. <laughs> that's sad. I see. I feel like it'd be fun. No, I'll get to that in a sec. I gotta ask my question first. So, in the sense of losing, can you lose more than you put in? Yes. Within that specific. Well. So say I put in fifty. Uh, oh, let's say I put in a hundred dollars to a company. And they drop. Are you, can you go beyond? So that you're 100? you're asking, can I ever owe Your money? Stocks because can be of a number stock? or negative. No. Yeah. You cannot. There is there is no value less than zero for the value of a stock. Essentially. Um, okay. If like you put in fifty bucks to a stock and it becomes worth zero, you lost fifty bucks. Yeah. Like a for a stock value to go below to become a negative value. That would have to imply some really wild fuckery of like they went public by taking a loan that they hadn't paid back by the time that stock hits. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. Things can't be worth less than zero dollars, okay. basically. OK, that that would be like so, you so have to I'm, pay so me to give you this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. So basically, in the sense of how Matt keeps saying, be willing to lose money as long as you're willing to lose that specific one mm -hmm. exactly which is why you won't, you which won't is why our that. opening advice was only put in as much mm -hmm. as you're willing to lose yeah because it'd be really crappy if you were like oh yeah but now you've gone even yeah you know if you're sitting there like i've got i've got three thousand dollars in my savings account i could play with that how fucked would you be if you had zero dollars in your savings account that's the mentality you should have yeah because because you also don't want to be pulling money out of your investing account if you can avoid why right um just because it's kind of a pain in depending on who you're doing it with, there might be fees. So you're literally handing money away at that point kind of thing. Mm. Um, it just it can get a little messy, especially as you're doing it with larger amounts. But that's again, most people aren't ever going to experience now, that. But just as a, a listener, I'm me. sure like me, you just had a thought. Well, if I should never pull money out of my investment account, then am I really making money? So. I will put it this way. That piece of advice is for the layman investor. If you're investing 10,000, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, then of course you're going to be pulling money out of that account. I more meant like, cool, you've, you, you, Mr. Dan, have made like approximately a thousand bucks. Have you really made that if you're not willing to pull it out? I assume the argument here is that if you just pay the fees with the profit, you're still making money. So you're not actually saying don't pull money out. You're saying correct. So make sure your profits cover the. So I'll I'll put it this way. Retrieving fee. Put it this way. I have to go get surgery soon-ish, and if my insurance didn't properly cover it, 
I have another place I can pull over $4,000 out of if I need to. That's how I look at the stock, my stocks, my portfolio right now. It's it's essentially a savings that you have to play with to continue to grow and hopefully Exactly. Not lose. It's savings that you have control over. So a degree of control over. Whereas if you put it in yeah. your savings account in a bank, you're getting 0.06% interest on that $3,000 in Matt's example. That's fucking nothing. Let's be real. But yeah. if you put $3,000, don't put all your savings in stocks. If you put $3,000 in a stock account <laughs> and you start buying stocks and selling them even for small gains, you're taking control and making a choice to grow that money. Whereas you're in the other example, you're letting it sit and gaining 0.06% interest on less than a million dollars. So you're not getting anything. So here's a question too. So I put a hundred dollars into mm-hmm. a stock. I grow to two hundred dollars. Can I take a, a chunk out and leave a chunk in, or is it all in? So all out? if you put, so putting money into a stock means you purchased it. So you purchased a hundred dollars of stock. The value of we'll we'll call that one share. Realistically, that's almost never going to be exactly one share. But we'll call it one share, which means you have a whole piece of the pie of that company. There might be 10 trillion shares, but you own a whole entire one share, which has to do with percent increase. Um, Mm -hmm. I can get into that in a minute. But let's just say for simplicity, $100 is one share. And the value of an individual share of that company, in your example, has increased 100% to $200. You can then sell a portion of your share or all of it. So at least through stash, which is what I use, you can do partial shares. So basically you choose the dollar amount you want to sell. So the market closed and it's at $200 and you say, damn, that's up. Well, it might still be going up. So let me sell, let me sell the increase I got. So I'm going to sell a hundred dollars worth of company X. So when the market opens again, the stash company, the, the people that manage the actual buying and selling and assigning to accounts and stuff, they're going to put 0.5 of your of a share of that from your portfolio out to sell. And it's going to be bought. So now you own half a share of that same company and the value of that half share is $100. Would that then lower the percentage that you gain? Um. I no. mean, technically, technically, yes. No, the percentage number still stays the same. So, I mean, a percentage I is th- a percentage. I think huh. he's... Are you asking if if that would mean that you gain less money on stock increases in the future, or are you asking if the percent changes? I feel um, like you were asking the first yeah. one, but you said the second one. I was going to provide... A, yeah, I was I'm going to provide an one. example. So, yes, you will get less money on any further increases, but that's because you have less money in it. So the number of shares you have is not relevant. It is the dollar value. The dollar value is what matters. So, yeah, if you sell that and you're down to half a share, which in this case is $100, and the stock sees another 5% increase, then you will be at $105 versus 5% increase of $200 would be $210. You see what I mean? So you don't get as much money if it continues to increase, but the inverse is also true. What if that sees a 5% decrease? Well, you sold half of it, so your $100 becomes $95 versus if you didn't sell, your $200 becomes $190. This is why Dan keeps saying that for us... Playing with small amounts of money, not not to everybody, small amounts of money, but hundreds and thousands of dollars. It like five percent on fi- uh, on a hundred dollars is five dollars. But yeah. then there are you know the millionaires playing on much bigger stakes. Five percent of a million dollars is fifty thousand dollars. Yes, which is how the, you hear the phrase "the rich get richer." This is yes. exactly how because yes. the the yeah. size of the ball you're playing with determines the size of the increase or decrease that happens. And they're they're paying people to play the game for yes, them. Yes, people who in some cases only spend their that. whole fucking life doing that. Correct. In other cases they're the children of people who do this for other people, so their dad teaches them or whatever. 
Exactly. Yeah. Something something like that. So yeah. <laughs> also, when you're rich, you have a lot more time to play around with shit like this. Yeah. When also that. when when you sell <laughs> one stock and make the fifty thousand dollars, you all of a sudden have a lot more free time. Roughly at least forty more hours a week than the average person. <laughs> Not only that, but you put in a million and made fifty thousand. You now have another fifty thousand to play with. If that if that initial million was something you were willing to lose, yeah. That stems in a question that we could we could maybe do for a future episode of um, if money buys happiness. It does. If you think it doesn't, you're a fool. Really, <laughs> um. really, really, money buys you away from sadness. I would argue. Okay. I actually like that perspective, but that's for another time. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So back back to the the core: what is investing, and how do I get started? It's it's predicting the movement of a line. Really, what that line represents is a dollar value, and its movement Ooh. represents a lot of other things. But when you boil it down to brass tacks, for people like us who are investing, you know, three hundred dollars into Sony, uh, two hundred dollars into Tesla. Stuff I have, like uh, that. That was a that was a great investment, by the way. Sony. Yeah, it's it's doing well right, right now. now. <laughs> I have a uh, uh, yeah, a, a teaching moment question for TJ. Uh, TJ, if yeah. if stocks are predicting the movement of a line, given the current time of year and everything, what lines do you think are currently going up? What companies do you think you should invest in because they're about to see more money? Yep, this is this is the next step. Oh, okay. No, you're good. This is a great okay. intro. So think think about the time of year because there there are guaranteed uh, gains possible in the stock market. Well, I'm telling you now. You mean like you mean like seasonal? Yeah. Yes. Name a company that you think is going to or is currently having an increase in sales, which directly court. JC Penny. That is not where I thought this was yep. going to go. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, why JC Penny? Christmas time. Okay, right. you're, you're looking right. a little bit too far in the future, but a that's closer. not a bad thing. You're playing a quarter out, which What's, is totally uh, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna softball it to you. What's the next holiday? Oh, ha- oh Halloween. I'd say um, what is it? Spirit Halloween. Well, that's for if they're publicly company. traded. I don't know if that's think national. even more simply. Yeah. What does everyone buy in the weeks leading ha- up to Halloween, even if they don't really celebrate Happy- it? Happy Candy. Halloween. Hershey's oh. baby chocolate oh. candy. Oh, Any wow, candy yeah. company. I was thinking like decorations and no, stuff. No, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. leading into October is a great time to buy candy company stocks because they're about to have a spike in sales. We're not telling you to buy any stocks, but this is yeah. about as good as an investment as it gets. It's you know, it's safe. Toss, so, it's but, extremely okay. safe. Toss twenty bucks into Hershey's, see, see how it plays, start learning. So basically, though, that time is almost past, right? Mm, no, Halloween's no, not done. I, I imagine it's got to be pretty. Pe- close. People will buy this shit up to up to the week, like of and before. Like, like there's... Think, okay. Think about your local store and the the exploding candy section. Is it full or empty right now? Uh, Probably about ours half. is full. Probably about yeah. half. Yeah. So all right, well, and, and people are I, still buying. Well, this is a, this is a great representation yeah. of something else to consider. And what just for for those listening who may be a little bit lost, we've transitioned from what is investing, which is essentially buying a piece of a company and waiting for the company's value to go up and then selling it to make money. That's what investing is, um, or holding on to it if that's more valuable for your position. Which, unless you're a very wealthy person, that's typically not the case. We're moving on to how do you predict the movement of a line. That's where we're so, at. and then because we're talking about seasonal predictions, that's because uh, so some, some things are started there, I think it's, it's an easy one. So, yeah, so, seasonal so, predictions um, are the my, safest. My, ones. My, Go ahead. My, my question is then you're predicting, but you're predicting short term then to get out soon to, to sell yeah, that whole thing. There, there, yep, you're already on it. There are there's a lot more than two, but for our purposes, for our concerns, there are two kinds of investments. When you're getting started, there are short term and there are long term. Okay. A short term investment is what we're talking about now, which is seasonal, which these are really nice because let's say there's a bad season. Like, I don't know, 
a world ravaging disease happened and people don't want to go to strangers doors. Oh shit, but I already bought the stock. Guess what? The holiday's not stopping infinitely. You just got to hold on to it longer. Maybe next year's Halloween it'll go up. Or hell, if you bought a chocolate stock, guess what happens at the start of the year? Valentine's Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day. <laughs> Guess what happens after that? Easter with chocolate. <laughs> Alternatively, you sell that stock at a small loss when you realize that things aren't going the way you want them to. And then leave that in your investment portfolio and either play with it or wait until next year and just watch the price of chocolate, Hershey stock, and wait for it to like crash in the summer where there are no chocolate-based holidays and chocolate melts and nobody's fucking buying chocolate. They're all buying ice cream. And then you buy... Super early for Halloween. Yeah. The, the, there's points where you should buy for maximizing investment. I'm really just talking about the principle of what makes the line go up and down. Yeah. Which, holidays are the best example. So, candy stocks, which, it's not always chocolate for Halloween. I know there's a lot of other popular candies and a lot of popular companies in that field. But, basically, candy stocks in leading up to Halloween, um... For Christmas, it's really a free-for-all. You can kind of take your pick. Toys, toy companies Perfumes. are always a good one. Perfumes, you know, think of whatever popular gifts there are. Oh, honestly, do you want me to go ahead or you? Let me go ahead before I go forget. because yeah. this. So there was a great example of what just happened recently of Matt saying, think about what the candy aisle in your grocery store looks like. And Matt said it's almost full, whereas TJ said it's about half. Unless you're investing in a local company, which very rarely is publicly traded, keep in mind a lot of the people and a lot of the companies you're investing with are global. So it's not just a question of what's happening in your town. It's a question of what's happening across the U.S. as the Everywhere. largest consumer base or across other countries if you're investing in international stocks. So it's not just your local area, but that's that's a, a solid kind of thumb on the vein. There is another thing to take into account. Not all international companies are traded in a market that you have access to. I believe Nintendo is not traded on any market that we can buy. Really? Uh, Or am I wrong? I would love to be wrong. Nintendo Co. Limited invested $350. (laughs) Yeah, no, I recently saw it pop up on Stash. But you are correct. Not every company is Maybe it just wasn't on Stash before. Because I tried a couple months ago. Yeah, not not all apps have access to all stocks, stuff like that as well. So my basic point was mind. though, like if you're if you're in China right now and you're like, oh man, I should start investing. Some of the companies that you know have like seasonal ebbs and flows might not be traded on the the apps that we're talking about. You might need to find your own app or what have you. Yeah, and there there's a lot of these make investing accessible apps. Um, I'm not going to list a bunch of them off. I'm going to continue talking about Stash because I really like them. Um, so Go ahead, TJ. Um, this is going to be kind of... I mean, it's on topic, but it's off topic. I know I kind of forgot it. Crap. Um, <laughs> oh, I can go if, you're, if you forgot. <laughs> Maybe it'll yeah, come you back. Yeah, go, you go, you go. I feel like the, the next hardest thing after figuring out how not to lose your money and how to like actually understand why things go up and down is figuring out what the fuck a stock is called because like i was saying if you walk into your your store and you're like oh shit candy stocking up people are buying more candy i should put money into candy the fuck do you put that money hershey's is a pretty easy one but if you just keep looking for patterns like this of, of, of new products growing or, or things becoming bigger seasonally, then you could be like, all right, well, you know, like five, ten years ago when MeUndies first started advertising and you just saw them advertising everywhere, it's a safe bet that MeUndies was growing. The fuck do I put my money to invest in MeUndies to see some of that return? Yeah, you've just like, gotta, you just got to Google it. I remember, I remember what it is now. Cool, go. So, which um, I don't believe MeUndies is publicly traded. I don't think so either. <laughs> anyway, what what a company doesn't have to ever go public. Correct. Right? They can stay a private. So company. it's just on them. It's just on them. Um, after they 
What's their benefit of going public then? Do they end up gaining more money through the stocks that people Correct. So basically, when a company goes public, they choose how many shares to divide their company into. And typically, they as a business hold 51% of the shares. That way, they continue to own their business. And -hmm. then the remaining shares of the company are put out to the public. And that's where your money is going when you buy a stock. Because there's there's a question of, well, I bought the stock. Why? Where Where's the money going into? Is it just going into a vacuum? Where is it going? It's going to the company. It's it's essentially inventing a product to sell. That doesn't require very much effort on their end. They're saying, we'll let you own part of our company if you pay us for it. Now, the benefit of this is based on how much of the company you own, you are to share in the profit of that company in a form called a dividend. A dividend is essentially based on how much how many shares, how much money you have invested into the company, typically quarterly, sometimes biannually, which is two times a year, uh, they will pay out each of their investors, each of their shareholders, which that's why it's called a share. You are now a shareholder in the company if you own any part of a share. They will pay you a very, very, very small portion of the income of the company or the increased value of the company. There are some companies that are far more generous with this, and there are some companies that don't do it at all. Um, Funnily enough, Coke has a pretty stable and excellent dividend. Now, you only get paid dividends if you hold the stock. So that means if you're getting dividends from a stock and you want to continue, you are not going to sell it. Um, Additionally, dividends are a very, very, very small amount of the money you have put in. Let me pull up an example while you guys think about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Nice. I haven't started playing with dividends at all. Most of the time I buy into a stock and if it keeps going down, I sell it a loss. And if it keeps going up, I wait for the going up to dip and then I sell it a win. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's there, where you're going to make your like a money, list just for reference. Is there like a list of public... Publicly traded companies? I guess it's all on Stash. Um, Yeah, yeah, you can search. Your app, you can search by company name, by ticker line, or you can search by ETFs. So I have money in BP. Don't ask me why. I just do. Um, The oil company? Yeah. (laughs) September 23rd, I earned a dividend of $3.04. Let's see how much. That's a whole taco. Yeah, baby. That was Taco Bell last night. (laughs) Let me see how much I actually have in. We had that yesterday, too. So. $3.04. $3.04. And. Oh, I sold it. I sold BP. I don't have Oof. BP anymore. I don't have that as an example. <laughs> you find a different one. Um, it was probably like a couple hundred bucks. And this and this is based off of how much you have in there. So if you have more, they'll pay Precisely. you more. Precisely. Um, okay. I sold Royal Dutch Shell. Wow, that they actually had a good dividend pay. Target, Target. Here we go. I got a ninety. I got a ninety-four cent dividend on my birthday, September 9th from Target. I currently have two hundred seventy-four. I invested two hundred seventy-four dollars and three cents. It's currently down to about two forty. So I got less than a dollar for having two hundred and forty dollars invested in the company just for context on dividends. There are a lot of people who will talk about air quotes living off of dividends and dividends being passive income opportunity. They're not technically wrong, but there's some rich already. There's some great YouTube videos out there where if you want to survive at the median, uh, you know, average cost of living in America, you would need to invest more than a million dollars in high dividend yield stocks to make enough passively a quarter to get by. Yeah. Now, if you have that much money, that's a fantastic idea because then your standard cost of living is taken care of every quarter without having to think and you can focus on profits elsewhere. But no, 
very few people have a million dollars to invest and invest correctly to do that. So do right. not go, well, I'm just going to invest in high yield dividend, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's great. <laughs> have a couple. Why I love Stash, they have something called an ETF, which I mentioned before. They have a lot of them, which are basically bundles. So you can you can do what's called investing in an ETF. And an ETF is basically a set of a shitload of different companies. The reason this is valuable is it makes it a lot more stable. The impact of one company, we'll use an excellent example of stocks plummeting, Blizzard Entertainment. If you had $100 <laughs> in Blizzard <laughs> Entertainment and then what's happening now starts, you probably don't have very much money left. But if you invested in, say, an online entertainment ETF that had Blizzard Entertainment in it, but also had, let's say, Square Enix and Amazon Games, which are both doing extremely well, and 30 other online entertainment platforms, Blizzard might be tanking. It's almost like all a bunch of people that but, were doing stuff with Blizzard are now doing something with Square Enix. Yeah, Blizzard's tanking, but Square Enix is up, Amazon Games is up, only fans might be down, but YouTube probably doing stable. So that means the total value of the ETF you've purchased moves a lot less with those huge external impacts, like the fiasco of Blizzard. So although Blizzard is part of it, that may only represent maybe a half a percent drop. And Squeenix is doing really, really well, and Amazon Games is doing really, really well. So that accounts for maybe a percent increase for the overall ETF. So you're at a net 0.5% increase just across those three companies. Whereas if you were only invested in Blizzard, you're probably down about 80% of your value. Does that make sense? What, that makes the, sense. Yeah. ETFs are not going to make you a lot of money fast, but they're excellent for long-term plays. Yeah. It, I guess the other the other thing I'm thinking too is like, so because those two companies are doing really well, is it then, and not necessarily bad, but I can't think of a better term, but bad to buy when someone's doing good. If you it, think they're going to keep doing better, no. Yeah. So you that's kind of, we're moving from how to tell how, how the line's going to move into kind of how to tell when the right time to buy is, which although they're related, they are slightly different. So there's a couple more factors on how the line moves, but we'll move on from that because I know we're chewing through time here. Um, to Matt's point, he is correct. Technically speaking, if you can predict they're doing well and they're going to continue doing better, then you could still buy while they're on the uptick. But... For people just getting started, the best time to buy is on the downslope. So there's a phrase that you probably heard in some news articles called buy the dip. Uh, a dip is essentially a dip in price. So a company that you know isn't going to go under like a bank in America or Coke or something like that. When you see a visible and notable dip in, in the line, essentially, that's typically your signal to buy. If you're looking historically and you kind of see, well, the middle point of their historical value or the slope of their historical value is kind of along this line and they've dipped below it by two bucks, that's probably not a bad time to buy. That's an easy way to identify buying in now isn't the worst idea. Because chances are it's going to turn around. If it turns around next week, cool. If it turns around in three months, awesome. If it turns around in four years, it's still technically an increase. Your money was locked up for a while. But that's the point. The simplest way to get involved is to look for dips, to look for drops in the value below the kind of historic average. Um. Gotcha. That's that's the simplest, easiest, safest way. That's how I've made a decent chunk of what I've gotten. Um, but to Matt's point, if you're looking at a company, say Square Enix, and you say... What is wow, their ticker thing? I think it's SQENX. Just Google Square Enix stock. Um, oh, yeah. But if you're looking at a company, say Square Enix... It's doing well right now. Its stock is probably up. I'm not looking at it right now, but I can bet it's probably up. But if you know anything about the company, it's the company, for those who don't know, that 
basically made and runs Final Fantasy, including Final Fantasy XIV Online, which an expansion is coming out for in like a month. Chances are sales are going to spike when that happens, unless it's shit looking at you, Blizzard. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a case where it's going up, but it's probably still an okay bet to buy it on the upslope. You're going to make less... You're going to make less um, return because you didn't invest in it sooner. But if this is the first you're hearing about this company and the expansion coming out, you could have invested in it sooner. So this is getting into the next piece I wanted to talk about, which is a cost, a, a, a missed opportunity fallacy, essentially, which has to do more with the selling end. But basically, don't look at a situation like that and say, damn it, I wish I had bought this last week. It went up. But you didn't. And in most cases, you didn't even know. So don't beat yourself up. A big problem with stocks is people will get kind of uh, antsy or skittish about it. They're like, well, I don't know. What if it starts going down? If it starts going down, you had no way to predict that. It just it chose to go down. Something happened where it went down. Big whoop. Like, you, you're, you've got to take risks kind of thing. Right. Um, That's why you don't invest money you're not willing to lose. And to Risk to that point, a lot of people will hold on to a stock for too long and miss an opportunity to make money because they're saying, oh, it's going up. I bet it's going to keep going up. I bet it's, uh, I went down and I'm making less money. If you're making any money, that's a fucking win. Don't beat yourself up over you didn't sell it at the peak. If you could have right. made 10 bucks, but instead you made seven or even hell three bucks. Fuck it. You made three bucks. That's three dollars you didn't have. Good job. Well fucking done. That's worth an applaud. You know what I mean? There, you cannot beat yourself up like, over missed opportunity. It's not like, fair to yourself. Like realistically, in an ideal world, the stock just keeps going down and down and down and down and down. And you're just watching it until it bloops up a little. And that's the beginning of the rise. And you buy right there. And then it just goes up and 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 up until it bloops down a little bit. And then that's the beginning of the fall and you just sell right there. But nothing is ideal. Some of those bloop ups are just going to be a momentary hiccup where it just keeps going down more. And some of those bloop downs are going to be a hiccup where it keeps going up more. And it's all sorts of jagged and you can't predict this fucking shit. Yeah, you can, o you can only do your best to to try and identify when things are going to make a turn. Um, yeah. As a note to viewers, um, with recent world events, i.e. I'm talking about COVID again, and there's a good reason, and I'm not talking about it as it is, but I'm talking about it in relation to the stock market. You can look at almost, almost any company and look at their five-year line, and you can see a fucking cliff the value of stocks across almost every single company took a shit dive when COVID became like a global panic situation. In a lot of cases, a yeah. recovery is still happening. Now, I know COVID was awful. It is awful. There's a lot of people still struggling with it. There's a lot of countries still struggling with it. And I know people were lost from it. By the time this episode comes out, hopefully there's a lot more recovery yes. by then. But... From a stock perspective, that was the perfect time to invest a shitload of cash. Because yeah. everything bottomed out. For reference, I put in, I'm like, I know I just said don't beat yourself up over missed opportunity. I'm kicking myself. I put $300 in Carnival when it happened. Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, <laughs> it is now roughly $600. Um. Yeah, I wish I and I and it still hasn't fully recovered. It's still weak. It's still got a long way to go to fully recover. It's a long term play, but if I wanted to cash out, I could. And there are a lot of companies right. that are like that. Where damn, I wish I had just fucking bit the bullet. But I wasn't. And and this is a great story to explain. I wasn't in a position where I felt comfortable doing that, so I didn't. And although I'm kicking myself for not having, you know, the stock value I could have had if I had just risked it, 
I wouldn't change the decision. I made the right decision for me at the time. And that's what you need to to come at investing with. Don't put more money in than you're comfortable, period. That's the most important lesson right. to take away from this. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of the kind of basic principles of investing that I've attacked with is it's it's about predicting the movement of lines. Um, I think having a stable base of a couple ETFs for consistent portfolio growth over time is an excellent idea. Um, and I would the other piece of advice I always tell people when they ask is if you're going to get involved in investing, start small and learn. And as you feel more comfortable with your choices, as after you see a few successes and a few failures, then put a little bit more of that seed money in when you're comfortable and start playing. So like I started with, I think I said, I put a hundred bucks in and I started with like four or five, roughly $20 investments. I think one of them went down. So I just held on to it. And then the others I sold for like $22, $23. And I'm like, sick, I got money back. I'm at, you know, after everything was positive or at least roughly break even, after I sold everything, my $100 was sitting in my account as $123 or $115, whatever it was. And then I took that money and I said, okay, let's do it again. And I put in 20, 25, 20, 20, 20. Made a couple bucks on each of those. Did it again, did it again. Okay, I get what I'm doing now. Let's put $300 more in and let's start doing four $100 investments. All of a sudden that one person, you know, that, that 6% I was waiting for to try and get, you know, like a buck was now, oh, I only need a 1% change to make that same dollar. So let's get a couple dollars on each of these $100 investments. Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay, I'm comfortable again. Let's put another 300 in. Let's start doing $200 investments. Now I only need a half percent to get a dollar. Make a couple bucks, make a couple bucks, make a couple bucks. And then all of a sudden you're playing with larger values per investment, which means you need less movement to make larger amounts of money. That That's sense. the simple principle. But this is not this is not something to jump in the deep end on. I don't care how good of a swimmer you are. If you haven't invested, you do not jump in the deep end of this pool. <laughs> Now your your time charts there. Your time to learn is going to be different for everybody. Your time to get comfortable is going to be different for everybody. If you're a hell of a swimmer with finances and stuff, you might figure it out in the first couple of weeks and say I'm ready for the next 100 bucks. That's for you to decide. But for me, it took a couple months. It took a lot of bus rides and looking at stash on the way to and from school to say, "Okay, I think I get what's happening here and I see the increase in my value." So let's put a little bit more of my free liquid cash in and see what happens. And I grew more and more comfortable. And years later, now I'm like, okay, when, when can I put another 500 bucks in? You know, let's check it out. When do I get a bonus from work? Um, what can I cut to drop in another $200 next month kind of thing? And because I'm putting my own money in and I'm making money from sales of stocks, I can now do what's called diversifying my portfolio, which is the last point I'll end on, which means I'm putting money in different kinds of companies and in different kinds of ETFs. So if you diversify your portfolio, the overall value of your stocks as a whole you own is much like an ETF. It will be more stable. So if I have five stocks in online entertainment and a new federal regulation comes out that makes internet usage limited for some reason, like bandwidth is capped. God forbid I would be so upset, but let's say that happened all yeah. online. Everything is probably not going to do well. I own five stocks in my 15 stock portfolio of that. That's a third of my portfolio. I'm going to see the impact on my overall net value of investments. If I had 50 stocks and five of them were online entertainment, the impact would be much smaller on my overall stock investment because I've got 10 over here in the oil industry, three over here in tobacco, seven over here in green energy. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, so sure. it's it's kind of a way to hedge the overall value of your folder of stocks by diversifying. Additionally, it means you're casting a wider net to catch opportunities. So if you've got four in healthcare, three in something else, and seven in food services, if all of a sudden there's a breakthrough in the food service market where they find out a way to convince people to be nicer to food service customers and there's a hell of a lot more people hired for it and a hell of a lot more people buying it because the service is better, then all of a sudden those stocks are more valuable. I've got a hand in that pie already. I can sell those to get some money before they realize that it was all a folly and everyone's wasting their money and they can replace them with robots. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it pays to diversify it's not where your priority should be. Your priority should be when you're first getting started, make a dollar. Fuck yeah, make a dollar. You just made a dollar out of nothing. Good job. Like, that's literally what it feels like when you start making money with this is I just made money out of nothing. I took a bathroom break at work. I walked out and told my coworker, I just made 50 bucks in the bathroom because I sold the stock. That's a <laughs> fucking awesome feeling. Like, woo. That was the best poop of my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so just an example, like start, start small. Every win is a win. It doesn't matter if it was a, a Warren Buffett level win or, you know, I made enough money to pay for the sandwich I bought at lunch off of selling a stock. Sweet. You know what I mean? My last thought about all this too is if you feel like you're not the best with money, <laughs> I'm sure we all have a friend like Dan who has at least gone to the level you have or something. Don't be afraid to talk to friends to help. <laughs> yeah. And also like- for the record, I'm a data analyst. Um, I, I do that as a job. I did that for the army. I'm a data analyst. So I have some experience predicting trends. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not saying I'm even still good. Not qualified. Yeah. Technically speaking, I'm not an investment trader, so I'm not, but it, yeah. it pays to learn. That's all I'm saying. And you can learn from, you can learn oh, yeah. from anywhere to TJ's point. Talk to a friend, say, Hey, do you know anything about this? And if they do just be like, I'm looking for something really simple to get me started. Can you just explain like, what's a good stock to invest in right now to someone who, who knows or who's been doing it. And a lot of times if the person's smart and they get what you're asking for, They'll give you the advice we gave TJ. What's the next holiday coming up? If it's if it's a month before, two, three months before, decent time to buy in. Chances are it's going to go up. If it doesn't, next year's right around the corner. Just hold on to it for a little bit. Yep. Okay. So go ahead, TJ. I, I have a thing to end on. I was, I was any final thoughts? Okay. So I was gonna ask. So last, show your fucking chops quiz for dan this time oh god get ready to cut it i <laughs> am determined because thanksgiving's coming up to invest in turkeys how the fuck do i do that uh, tyson is a safe there bet. you go there you go there you go yeah, yeah. tyson um that's a good one yeah, yeah and good. to matt's point a uh, very short thing if you don't know how to invest in something like turkeys Go to your grocery store, look at the brand name on the turkey, Google, what is the stock for Tyson? What is the stock for uh, Foster's? You know, and, and it'll Australia. it'll spit it up on yeah. Google. And then you can go to your stash app, search the name of the company or the ticker, and then buy it. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all the companies I want to look at. Now. Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> opens doors because uh, if if this episode has done anything for anyone, I hope it took a lot of the mystery out of the concept of investing. It's literally buying something for a value and hoping the value increases and then selling it for that increased value. That's all I it think is. It it. <laughs> I think it made it less Certainly scary. showed me see... that I know more than I thought I did. Because it, yeah, I mean, most people just see the big time like Wall Street and you're just like, what is that, man? See, and that's the problem is most of the the stock players, most of the market players are those big time guys. If 
if even half the people in the United States started getting involved in the stock market, they would not have a quarter of the control they have now. And more people would be getting more money from the process because more people buying and selling moves the line more, which means it's harder to predict, admittedly, but it's also in flux more, which creates more opportunities for sales. And it it makes right. companies who deserve to be valued higher value because more people are weighing in. When you buy a stock, you're saying, I support this company or I see the value. Not necessarily I support, but I see the value in this company. If you don't, if you don't yeah. support something, then don't buy it. That's fine. If that's how you want to go about it, then go about it that way. But if you really want to make money in the late game, it's about if something has value. Now, if you can marry those two ideas, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. But I think that's a good place to uh, good place to end. Yeah. But yeah, th- thanks for letting me talk for an hour about that. It's something I really like. It's something oh, yeah. I'm proud that I've you know taught myself and had some minor success in. So any opportunity to talk about it, I fucking jump at the chance. So honestly, applause to you too because that's that's a lot to teach yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, it's slow and over and, time. And, <laughs> All right. Any other final thoughts from you, Matt? Um, I uh, I did that thing again where I held mute on Discord and then sneezed and then forgot that that's in audacity so i'm sorry about that (laughs) 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 well that's been the wax show i'm your host dj i'm matt and i'm dan good luck with your investing (laughs) bye everybody Bye. bye